Happy Thanksgiving. Have I got a treat for you today on the Big 12 Bullets. Yes, I will briefly talk about Oklahoma's win in the Bedlam series. Uh, And I'm going to do that right now. Oklahoma won. They dominated. There are two good teams in the conference. And then there's Texas. So there's Oklahoma. And there's Iowa State and Texas. Those are the three decent to good teams. Texas is just a little bit below that. But they're trying to get up there. They could still make the Big 12 championship game, and we could still have a rematch against Texas. The most likely scenario is going to be OU and Iowa State, which is what I've been saying could be happening all along. Oklahoma looks great. Blah, 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 blah. Talk about football. We all got that. All right, let's get to the special guest this week because it is Thanksgiving. I'm not going to waste your time. I am talking to a guy named Clint Foster, a TCU Super fan who makes uh, comedic videos. He was featured in the Star Telegram this week, and uh, he happens to be a old friend of mine. He was in my camp in my cabin at Pine Cove Camps when we were in high school. I don't remember the year, uh, probably two thousand nine or two thousand eight. Um, and I haven't really spoken to him since, but I still had his number in my phone, and so I saw the feature in the Star Telegram. I shot him a text and. I knew he would be an entertaining guest on a fun week, which is uh, a big week for football. Um, and we had some big games last weekend. We've got some a lot going on in the future. So we talked some TCU because he is a TCU super fan, but he's also a big, uh, just a Big 12 fan. And some of his comedic sketches relate to the Big 12. He did one that was, uh, you know, Big 12 teams at Thanksgiving dinner, Thanksgiving lunch, or whatever you want to call it. So. Um, check those out, uh, on his Twitter. He'll tell you all about that in the interview. So we're going to just go straight into the interview, give you a little bit of entertainment on your Thanksgiving weekend. And then we will be back next week with more serious big 12 talk. Just kidding. We're never on, on that serious tip, but, um, be back next week with a little bit more in depth podcast episodes and newsletters. But because it's Thanksgiving week, we're going to do this little fun thing. So here is Clint Foster. And I'd like to welcome to the podcast, there's a lot of titles, so everyone buckle in, actor, comedian, former equine transport agent, and former Pine Cove cabin mate of mine, Clint Foster. What's up, Clint? (laughs) That's that's a good little uh, introduction for me, yeah. I just hit the highlights for sure. I think equine transport agent had to be in there. And I guess I forgot to say TCU superfan, which is the actual reason you're here. Yes. Well, you know, much to your listeners' chagrin, we probably won't be talking a whole lot in depth about, uh, you know, importing show jumping horses to the West Coast. Um, but yes. Got to be honest, um, I have a lot of questions. But that, we'll save that. I could tell you some stories. I could definitely tell you some <laughs> stories. There is a lot of interesting personalities in the horse shipping world and a lot of, uh, a lot of cash to say the least. <laughs> not, not that I saw any of it, but uh, I had to deposit it into banks. So there's that. That's awesome. Well, again, we'll talk football today. We'll, we'll, we'll do the equine transport for my equine transport podcast that I'm starting. But <laughs> you were here because um, actually you were in the Fort Worth Star Telegram recently uh, because of your TCU videos. I think that, you know, compared them to uh, if Cowboys fans know uh, Scooter Magruder. You're the uh, kind of the Scooter Magruder of TCU. How did you get started making these videos, and what's the response been from the TCU fans? 
Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's been uh, – it hasn't necessarily been an overwhelming response. I'm trying <laughs> to still kind of grow the channel a little bit. But overwhelmingly positive definitely has been the response um, because, like you said, I really went into this being like – you know what? I feel like this is a niche that I could fill. I love Cameron Magruder's videos at me being a Cowboys fan myself. And uh, it's <laughs> definitely a very um, cathartic experience to watch him scream many of the same things at the TV that I scream. So um, me having an acting background and fairly recently moving back to Fort Worth from L.A. and wanting, um, you know, with the, especially with the pandemic and everything, my uh, prospects being somewhat limited. I was like, I want to have an outlet here, have a way I can make people laugh and also, you know, involve one of my biggest passions, which is the TCU Horn Frogs. And so here we have it, just essentially doing very much a similar thing to what Scooter Magruder does, except for with my own little flair on it. Um, just my, my transient thoughts, if you will, and musings, uh, on uh, any given TCU game. And, uh, you know, the one that you did where it was uh, like Thanksgiving dinner with the Big 12. Uh, who are those other guys that are in those videos with you? Oh, yeah. So that's my most recent one is the Thanksgiving video. Mm -hmm. I do do a couple of Big 12 sketches as well. I have a couple other sketches planned. Uh, but the two guys that were with me in that video, one of whom, uh, the guy who played OU Texas and Texas Tech, he is actually a diehard OU fan who I met in LA and he is originally from flower mound hmm. and we both moved back to Texas at essentially the same time. Uh, his name's Hunter Leitner. And then uh, the fellow who was playing the Kansas schools and Oklahoma state, that is uh, he is a childhood friend of mine. We grew up doing musical theater together. His name is Zach Reynolds. Uh, and he recently moved back to Texas from New York. You're seeing a pattern here. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all of these uh, Texans who were, in these places that, uh, you know, recently you've needed to move away from, <laughs> but now we're all together again. Uh, I thought the uh, McConaughey accent was pretty solid on the guy that was playing Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a good job with it. He, I have to tell you, he was – when I sh sent him the script, he was being an OU fan. He's like, I'm so excited to play Texas. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, I cannot wait to, to just give them my best shot, basically. <laughs> and I thought yeah. he did pretty good he did he did it was good so you said you you had an acting background you were in la uh, like i said i was looking at your imd imdb page you're in a netflix show how can we uh how can we see where do we need to to you know fast forward to in this show and tell us what the show yes, is well and uh and some some people out there may want to just fast forward to the part um, because it's it, i'm in ratchet which uh, has been a pretty popular show. Talk about a show that I was really pleased with the response that it got. It was number one on Netflix for a while. Wow. Um, it's very um, American Horror Story. Uh, very, It's a very quirky show that is unsettling at times, but is also, I feel like, pretty captivating. Um, it's basically an origin story for Nurse Ratchet. if you've seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, so she's like the evil, you know, fascist nurse that runs this mental institution and it's like basically how did nurse ratchet become nurse ratchet uh so i play a security guard in episode seven so i'm about almost exactly halfway through episode seven uh and i'm in a scene with sarah paulson and john john briones and uh it was a it was a blast it was a really great time it was a really honestly honestly it was a really special day on the fox lot for me yeah. was, that was my first co-star role okay. so um did you get do you have any that day. do you have lines in it i mean 
Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I have wow. a couple lines. Um, Gotta basically, check this out. you know, I'm like, because uh, you know, not to obviously spoil too much, but uh, John John Briones's doctor character is trying to smuggle a patient out of the hospital, and I'm there being like, you know, hey, you're not allowed to do this. You got, you can't leave. And then um, I tell him he's not in charge here anymore. You're not charged here anymore, sir. And then Sarah Paulson comes into the scene and is like, he can leave. You know, she has like this mic drop moment, of course, where strong female character, all that good stuff. <laughs> I did uh, I did talk to Sarah Paulson about that show. Um, she was just the nicest, like most generous person and just so cool. And I, I talked to her about the OJ show. I was like, mm. oh, you did such a great job in that. And she was like, man, that really means a lot. Thank you so much. I put a lot into that role and. You know, it was special because then I got to be friends with Marsha Clark after the fact. And, uh, wow. She was just great. I, I, had, cool. I had a blast. Wow. That actually is, that's really interesting. Uh, so <laughs> back to TCU now that we've gone to Hollywood. Now we're coming back to Texas. Yes. Been a tough season for your Horned Frogs. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, <laughs> I'd say that's a fair summation of the last three years. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I don't have a question. Um, I just was going to say that and just see what you said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, my answer is yes <laughs> to that. It's been tough. But I will tell you that honestly, making these videos has, I've had a lot more fun with the struggle. You know, I mean, I'm, I feel like all true college football fans are uh, sadomasochists at heart, right? We, uh, we dwell and we revel in the pain. And because, you know, it, it, it's such an unfair sport. Right. And why you why I have wished the life on a t- of a TCU superfan on myself, I will never fully understand, you know, when it's like you talk about the two best seasons in our modern school history. You know, yes, we were undefeated and won a Rose Bowl, but we're denied a chance at a national title. Twenty fourteen, the best TCU team I've ever seen in my life is denied a chance at a national title. You don't even get a chance to play for it. And then, you know, when you're not generational talents and doing you know breaking school records then you're just mired in mediocrity and terribleness <laughs> so, but anyway what i was gonna say and all of that is that making these videos i feel like it's been a nice catharsis for me because i do tend to crack a lot of jokes through the pain and bad games anyway and then i feel like when i make these videos it's like oh like yes that game was terrible and i hated every moment of it but i've got so much good material now right so much that i can talk about and joke about so that part of it has been one silver lining to the cloud absolutely i I feel that same exact way when it comes to the dallas cowboys like even when it's just going really poorly i'm like well there's actually you know at least at least there's some material here or there's something you know interesting here because either be really bad or be really good you know the mediocrity is tough but you know tcu actually you you kind of joked about being mired in mediocrity but the truth is the last two only i guess three years under gary patterson are kind of the worst three years of his entire tenure do you feel like the team is headed in the right trajectory i mean do you see next year being better or do you feel like uh, this is this is not going anywhere see that's a good question and uh depending on who you ask in the fandom you get a lot of different answers to that question. Uh, I, I find that a lot of the newer folks to the TCU uh, Horn Frog Nation, if you will, are far more ready to cut the cord, right? But those of us who, 
like my family, I grew up died in the wool. I always tell people I was a TCU fan before it was cool. Like back <laughs> when we were at Pine Cove together, I was a, a diehard TCU oh, yeah. fan. Oh yeah, because I came up. I mean, when my whole family went to TCU, my grandpa he was attending TCU games in the fifties when they were winning Southwest Conference titles, and he was a season ticket holder from the moment he graduated in the sixties. And my family suffered through the seventies and the eighties. They were out there every single game, so I grew up in this environment. And when I very first started to care about football there we have the lt years right so it was it was very easy initiation for me uh so i'm of the mind that like coach p has earned the right to or i I call him coach p coach patterson has earned the right to walk away however and whenever he wants but i do think that this is the situation where all hope is lost um me if you listen to my podcast i do have a tcu podcast toad talk where me and billy wessels at least once an episode we talk about 2021 because that is the year is at this point now it's really a put up or shut up year because tcu football is going to return a ton a ton of talent and guys are going to be you know in their junior and senior years and that's the year when if there's a chance that you have here in this uh this cluster of years to compete for a big 12 title that's the year to do it now how you do it I think is you absolutely have to make some changes. Not necessarily, you have to do a better job on offense. That's that's what it comes down to. And you know, Coach P's defenses are legendary. He's a defensive genius. Even this year, when we've had a lot of injury issues, the defense has still been serviceable and still been good for the most part. It's just you can't score to save your daggum life. <laughs> and every time TCU struggles, that is the scenario. I mean, that was the scenario. In 2013, before you had that phenomenal 2014 year, you had an outstanding defense that I think is massively underrated on that 2013 team. And that kept you in every single ball game, but we literally could not buy points. And then you brought in Doug Meacham and Sonny Cumbie. Suddenly you revolutionized the offense. Suddenly TCU is, you know, in the, in the conversation for college football playoff. Something like that needs to happen again. Now, I am not the kind of guy who likes to call for people's jobs. Um, especially, I mean, when I was in school, I was an equipment manager. I was a part of the program my four years. So like you, (laughs) it it becomes a lot less faceless, you know, when you've been in that situation, you're like, these are people with families. These are most, most of the time, very good people, right. They're trying to do good things. So I hate to call for people's jobs, but the, uh, the play calling and the results on the field leave a lot to be desired when you consider that these are by far, we've got some of the best recruiting classes in school history. We've got a lot of probably the most talent uh, on this roster that we've ever had in school history, but we're just not doing a lot with it. Right. You follow me? Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. That, that's how I felt like it, it, it. TCU should be really good next year or much improved next year. But I, I as someone that's from a perspective of someone who doesn't watch these games as closely as you. I didn't know if you were seeing a lot more cracks or if you were seeing a lot more uh, reasons for optimism next year, because, um, you know, I don't think Duggan is, is the greatest quarterback in the world, but he's going to be a junior next year. Right. So, I mean, he, he should have yes. more experience. And then you've got um, the five-star running back uh, Evans, right? Uh, yeah. Well, we have an incredible stable of running backs. Right. Zach Evans and Darwin Barlow is really, really great. Demarque Foster, you know, my cousin, we have barbecues all the time. <laughs> uh, he's a really solid guy out of Wichita Falls, Hershey and Duggan. Hey, I, I am admittedly often the hopeless optimist, 
among my group of friends in TCU. But I think Max Duggan, you've really got a guy who has been dealt a rough hand these first two years. I mean, this year he's spent almost as much time on his back as he has on his feet because of the issues at offensive line that we've had. But that's a dude who I think is actually has an extremely high ceiling. He's tough as freaking boot leather. I mean, he had a heart procedure before the first game of the season. I don't know if you heard about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, I find that, yes, this last game, you had a couple of passes that were off target that really left you scratching your head. But when you sit there and think about it and think about I, I was actually talking with one of my friends about this as we were watching the West Virginia game, and they were showing a replay of one play where Duggan literally stood in the pocket for about two and a half seconds and then apropos of nothing started scrambling. And I said to my friend, I said, I think that he literally has this year a mental clock going on in his head. And after it's been just a little over two seconds, he just assumes that he's under pressure and you can't, nobody can perform at a high level when you're, when you have that mental psyche you know what i mean yeah when you're that worried about your physical well-being (laughs) yeah i I feel like tcu next year is kind of like baylor was last year where they could really surprise people to have a veteran quarterback i mean charlie brewer last year was very similar to max duggan very tough kind of you know a leader not an elite passer but a guy that can lead a team that has talent all around him um and yeah if if duggan can stay healthy I, i i see exactly what you're saying yeah, I have two thoughts on that. First of all, that's an extremely good comparison. And second of all, how dare you compare us to Baylor? How dare you? Well, I'm just saying protect <laughs> protect Max Duggan better than Baylor protected Charlie Brewer because poor guy is, is not looking the same this year. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a very apt comparison. You guys are exactly the same, right? Baylor, TCU, yeah. you all love each other, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, uh, there's uh, – there's absolutely nothing but love uh, between us and, and the school uh, an hour south of here. I'm sure you get you have a lot of Baylor fans that watch your videos and provide positive feedback, right? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I hope so. I want uh, – I mean, it's all in good fun, right? Uh, and I do have a lot of friends who attended Baylor, and um, I always want the videos to get circulated among the teams we play because, you know, I feel like – I feel like it makes the whole experience more fun when you can kind of rag on each other and uh, whether it's, you know, yes, I'm, I'm ragging on Baylor because this is one of the few win videos that I've made this year, or it's like I'm self-loathing in the face of West Virginia and they can laugh at that. I, I love getting the other teams involved. <laughs> Where can people find these videos, follow you, all that stuff? Tell us your social handles. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much, Scott. It's been, it's been a blast. So, you can follow me on Twitter at Clint underscore Foster 55, uh, where I mostly muse about TCU, but occasionally make other uh, jokes as well. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at the Clint Foster. And if you want to find my videos, you should be able to just search Clint Foster on YouTube, find uh, my channel. Pretty much for the most part, search TCU fans. If you search TCU fans, it'll bring up all of my videos and a video from 2010 of uh, some TCU fans uh, heckling Robert Griffin after we beat Baylor 45 to 10. Uh, that'll come up as well. And you should watch that because that's very hilarious. Um, <laughs> or uh, Big 12. Like I have two Big 12 sketches right now, planning on having more, but Big 12 Thanksgiving dinner and uh, Big 12 Zoom meeting where we, it was, uh, what was the Big 12 Zoom meeting like when they were they were deciding to uh, whether or not to play the 2020 season? That okay. was the first one that I put out. All right. Well, we will check those out. And thanks for joining us, and happy Thanksgiving.
Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you too, man. Thanks again to Clint for that interview. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I really enjoyed catching up with him. He's a great guy, and I did. After this interview, I went to Netflix. I went to season seven, uh, of, or sorry, episode seven of Ratchet, and I fast-forwarded and saw his one line as he's the security guard. Pretty cool to see a guy I know in a Netflix show. So that was, uh, that was fun. Uh, I hope you all have a th- great Thanksgiving. If you're new to the podcast, you can subscribe iTunes, Spotify, wherever you want to subscribe, please leave a rating. Uh, I also write a newsletter. Uh, You can find that on Big12Bullets.com. I send that every week. And so please follow me, join me on all those different uh, platforms, and let's have some fun. We're about to get into a really busy Big 12 football time, and I'm excited for it, and I know you are too. This is the Bed Goods Big 12 Bullets.